0: Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What a beautiful throw by the Baker.
1: Big Hasta la vista, baby!
2: Hi guys, welcome into the show. It's the OBR Film Breakdown. And today, a day later than usual, Me, your host, Jake Burns is sharing our Dueling Mock Draft show that we typically, well, we did it on Tuesday night. It is uh, usually posted Wednesday, but had a certain podcast that I wanted to share with you guys, and hopefully you listened to it yesterday with Pete Smith and Nicole Chatham where we went through their, they hosted it at, at their podcast for Pete's sake, and I pretty much closed the door on all things Baker, given my perspectives, data, concerns what I'm looking for to see if it gets better if he's the guy moving forward if you missed that yesterday go back and check that out it's long but I think it's worth your time to truly show you where my frame of reference is going into this upcoming season so check that out it's available on my feed and the for Pete's sake feed as well you can check it out in both spots so today's episode is going to be like I said the twitch replay of the draft we did with conversations on free agents and all of that leading into the draft. And then uh, we obviously go through three separate mocks, myself, Stephen, and uh, Corey Kennan, who's new with us at the OBR. So we all three go through it. We have a lot of conversations throughout the day about different things on the draft pretty much every day. So it was fun to get three different perspectives on this thing. So I hope you do enjoy it. Check out some good content over at the OBR website where we looked at safeties through the analytics lens, free agent, uh, defensive targets, for wide receiver has been posted just kind of all of the available options we'll have that for interior d-line and edge leading into a weekend salary cap article and podcast on the salary cap where everything sits going into you know going into the season so sorry the important part of the off season. so check that out as well so let's not waste any more time today uh, i will be uh, out after this intro you'll hear the finish of the show and that'll be a wrap so enjoy the dueling mock show hit me up with any suggestions as usual thanks guys let's get over to that episode right now
0: good evening cleveland browns fans welcome back to the obr twitch channel i am your host and mc for this evening's festivities you can see uh, right over there i am Stephen thomas browns mock draft on twitter it is the dueling mock draft show with our uh, fun intro a cover of the original dueling banjos from the movie deliverance uh, so any uh, narcs out there who are uh, listening for the music. It is a cover. Trust me. We, we specifically went and found that out. Thank you guys for joining us again every Tuesday from now until the draft. And then as we get closer, we'll probably add another one every single week. We'll be doing live mock drafts from several simulators uh with uh, several of your friends here from from the OBR and from outside, I'm going to bring in uh, my two co-hosts tonight, Mr. Jake Burns and real Corey Kennan. All three residents of the draft annex of the Evil Lair are here tonight. How are we doing tonight, gentlemen?
2: What's happening? What's happening? It's good to be here.
0: Oh, yeah. This is our first all-in-house one uh, that includes three of us, so we're pretty excited about here tonight. Before we get started, though, a quick announcement. You'll see more about this over the next week. Uh, we saw all the excitement today uh, that happened in the NFL because deadlines... Spur action. And today was the tag deadline. But next Monday, the 14th is the official start of the uh, legal tampering phase uh, where they're finally allowed to talk to each other. Wink, wink, because they're not doing that right now. We're doing what's called a -a subathon right here on the OBR Twitch. We will be going live one hour. Before the temper uh, the tampering period starts, at 11 a.m. Eastern, and we'll be guaranteeing to be on for at least three hours. But here's what a subathon is: as long as there are new subscriptions and bits being cheered, we will stay on longer. Every new subscription that we get adds five minutes to the broadcast. Every 100 bits that are cheered adds one minute to the broadcast. We're going to do a maximum of about eight hours. Now, if you've seen. Twitch gamers do one of these. They go for 24 hours. That can't happen for us. We just don't have the manpower uh, to do it. So we're going to cap it at eight hours. So we hope to see you guys next Monday, the 14th, 11 a.m. We'll be rotating in and out. It won't be just my face the whole eight hours. It'll be all of us here. And we, uh, as always, so much of the show will depend on you guys, our viewers, our regulars, and and new folks and stuff like that. So spread the word. That's going to happen for Legal Tampering when we expect... The Browns to be making several moves. We uh, we think there'll be some twelve oh one moves again for them this year. Um, so with that out of the way, uh, let's uh, let's just real quick go over what we do again here tonight. In case this is your first time watching dueling mock drafts, Corey and Jake and I each have a separate simulator that we use. Uh, I will be using the one from PFF. Uh, Jake, I believe you are using uh, Pro Football Network, and Corey, you're doing the Draft Network, right? Indeed. Okay, and we're just going to – We ha- the only thing we're doing in common is we uh, talk this afternoon and we set free agency. Uh, the guys we're going to cut, the guys we're going to keep, some free agents that we're going to sign. So we all start from the same spot. But then after that, it's whatever. If somebody wants to make a trade, they make a trade. Somebody doesn't want to make any trade, don't make any trades. And we'll, we'll try to get three different looks at things that the Browns could do this week. Uh, Jake, you have all of the, uh, the off-season stuff written down, so I'm going to hand it over to you. You can tell people all of our cuts and signings and all that kind of stuff.
2: going to be flashing on the bottom of your screen here in just a moment, trying to type out the banner. I forgot to do that. Um, so anyway, we are going to uh, – let's go through these, and I'm going to try to have it up simultaneously. Sorry, guys. Tech difficulty here. Uh, we got that. That's all deleted. Boom, boom. Thanks, Kevin. Cycle18,
0: seven months in a row. I believe that means you've been a subscriber since day one. So thank you for that. We appreciate you being here. Love it.
2: Okay, so for shortcuts, we are going to go ahead and cut um, Jarvis Landry, and uh, we are going to cut uh case keenum it's going to open nearly 30 million is the plan here uh we are not going to do any moves they're giving back strong run it back vibes okay so we're not going to cut hooper because we have no inclination yet they're going to do that even though most of us would prefer it and we are not going to cut jc treader until again we get an idea they're going to do that even though we think that's in the realm of possibility uh if you've been following these various shows that we have done. We've cut a lot of different guys. We've cut Conklin before we knew the Conklin restructure, so on and so forth. So for this one, we are going to bring back, obviously, in Joku, we'll see what happens with that. We have the minimum he will be back. Uh, Clowney gets re-signed in this scenario. MJ Stewart, Sheldon Day, and uh, Anthony Walker, we're going to bring back a year, and then Denzel Ward's going to get a new deal. So that's, uh, that's uh, the realm of possibility there. We think that's going to happen in this scenario. And then free agent signings, a couple wide receivers, DJ Shark, a nice speedster on the outside, uh, Traquan Smith, a uh, young developing player that we think can can uh, keep developing here in Cleveland, is a nice form of a uh, lower tier wide receiver contract. Uh, IDL Sebastian Joseph Day, D and Jerry Hughes, uh, and then uh, Joseph Day comes from the Rams. I should re- uh, reiterate where these players come from. Jerry Hughes is a longtime Buffalo Bill set at the market. Arden Key, who we see as outside inside flexibility, we're going to bring him in, and then offensive tackle Joseph Noteboom uh, as a depth type of a uh, guy that could play right away with the situation with Conklin's injury so that is uh the baseline of what we're doing here in this one again maybe not what you prefer maybe whatever i don't know you think it could happen different don't really care respect your opinion but don't really care we're just setting up a hypothetical here okay it's not our prediction all right just want to get that out of the way steve guys feel free to add to that if you would like
0: yeah go ahead Corey. your thoughts just quick overview thoughts on uh, the whole rest of the hall of the offseason before we start the draft
1: yeah i mean I like the idea of, of re-signing Clowney. I like the, I even like the idea of re-signing Ward Or I'm sorry, not Ward. Walker for what they had asked their mic to do uh, the past few years, which hasn't been a whole lot outside of work downhill and play the hook curl zone. So, and I thought Walker did a, a pretty good job at that. Um, the offseason signings, I do love the Arden Key signing. Jerry Hughes has that making of, oh, this is the veteran defensive lineman that plays opposite miles for one year, and then we figured out from there. Uh, right. Very strong, very strong defender um, opposite miles there. So I love that. You can talk about his age all you want, but, again, he's been a very productive player even up until last year. So, um, again, what they're looking for body type-wise, production-wise, opposite miles, that fits the bill. Um, the one thing I will say is, man, that wide receiver market is drying up
2: fast
1: there J. are Shortland not some
2: serious money
1: right a lot of big names left on the market um yeah. which isn't great isn't ideal but it's all i got
0: yeah i agree and jerry hughes is a guy that uh if you read the stuff about his his season last year in buffalo obviously brought they brought in some uh some younger talent at the edge and he didn't get as many reps uh but when he was limited to just pass rushing reps and his tank was allowed to to refresh itself more like that he was still very effective in the uh, um, opportunities that he was given. And like Corey said, that's what we were bringing him in for. You know, you could go with a a Melvin Ingram for that type of role. You know, he did that last year once he finally got to Kansas City and had, you know, an opportunity. That's the type of role we're talking about for a guy like Jerry Hughes. You know, one year, maybe one year with an option, two years, something like that. But definitely, especially with this edge draft class, we expect him to bring in some younger talent. So he'd be a guy to mentor and, uh, you know, help us maybe, you know, maybe make a run back to the playoffs. So. Uh, those are our signings for this uh, for this week. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, uh, jump off here, get it started, Corey. I'm going to give you, since it's your first time here on doing, <coughs> excuse me, dueling mock drafts. You're going to have uh, first crack at it here. So let me go ahead and share your stream. Go ahead and start your. All right. There we go. You are using the Draft Network.
1: I am all right. So off the board, Jameis Williams is the only wider receiver off the board we got three corners off the board. Trayvon Walker is the only edge off the board. So that's interesting. Um, I'm sorry. I need to scroll down. No, he's not. <laughs> hey, so um, let's see. Best player available. Jermaine Johnson, uh, 23 years old. Not going to take him at, at 13. I Not at all. The Browns will not consider him at 13. Ojabo is very, 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 very enticing. Um, he's very raw. Got a pretty thin lower half. Um, but as far as pass rush specialist goes, man, he's, he's incredible. Um, and just some of the stuff he's doing for only playing football for three, four years is, is insane. I've heard on podcasts, like he, he still doesn't know all of the rules of football. Um, so some of the stuff he's doing is pretty magnificent. Um, the one that's very tempting to me is, is the guy that I think put up the, maybe the most historic combine ever, um, that we've ever seen. Um, and Jordan Davis, just what he was able to do it that six six three forty one is absurd. Um, just an absurd. Athlete. So <laughs> The disrepair of the, the defensive tackle room. I mean, again, we're talking about Jordan Elliott and Tommy Togi as your day one starters if the room stays the same, which it's not going to, but that's what we're looking at. Uh, not ideal. Uh, but I am a, a purist in maintaining that uh, passing on a wide receiver is about as spicy as it gets this year. So uh, my guy Garrett Wilson's on the board, and I can't pass that up. So I'm going to take care of this. All
0: right. Yeah. Uh, uh, solid, uh, solid pick. Um, you know, if you ask me right now, Uh, Jake, I think he is. If he's there, he's their guy. What are uh, your thoughts on uh, on Garrett Wilson? Whoops,
2: a special player. I I I like Garrett Wilson. I'm I'm I've been on that boat for a while of believing he's the best player for what uh, the modern receiver, one receiver looks like to me in terms of his ability to work three levels of the field, separate run jump over people at the catch point i think he's a better leaper than his number indicated i think some guys are better leaper leapers as they run uh than if they're standing still if that makes sense you know it's a different launch angle for your hips so i think he's got jump all ability that we've seen and just runs a nice route tree creates yak like again modern day types of justin jefferson's like what's your best bet to get that type of guy not a not a not a guy who you think is going to win a vast majority of the same way, but a guy who could do a bunch of different things. I think he's, he's there. I'd have, I have, if they took Garrett Wilson on the first day of the draft, it's a home run to me. I I like the player. I like, I like the spot to pick him and I like the value. So yeah, I'm in definitely in been in for a while. Yeah.
0: I mean, as we've talked about, you know, ad nauseum here for a few months, if they go wide receiver, there are numerous, you know, yeah. ways that if they pick them, you go, yeah, okay, I see it. I mean, you could say it about Traylon Burks. You could say it about Drake London. You could say it about Rizzo Lava. You could even say it about Jamison Williams, even with that ACL, when you consider those videos that we saw just uh, last week of him, six weeks after the surgery. But if you're looking for a guy that is just almost impossible to poke holes in his game, any serious holes in his game, I just, I think if Wilson is the guy, uh, is on the board that, uh, you know, he's their guy barring something weird happening in free agency that completely changes the outlook. I think Wilson is the mm-hmm. guy, Corey, real quick before we move on, why don't you tell us, you know, the specific things you like about him. I mean, I, you know, we, I think we all know what they are, but go ahead break them down just a little bit for us.
1: Yeah. Wilson's my top ready receiver in the class. Um, so what I love most about Wilson is, again, his explosiveness to win in-air. I mean, Jake mentioned him being able to to leap better than he tested, and I think that's been apparent ever since that freshman year uh, national semifinal game where he, he leapt out of the building and brought down that massive catch on the sideline against Clemson. Um, but what I love is and you, there's people – I, there's this weird thing out there that he's not a good route runner at right now. Like that's the hot topic that people are liking to go with, but I think he's violent in and out of his breaks. Um, I don't see any issues with his route running at all. Um, I think he understands shoulder leverage well when he's, when he's stemming um, to really work defensive backs, hips into a frenzy. Um, and then as far as, as, as playing with blind spots. So again, when you, when you can open up that defensive backs hip and then sneak in right behind it, uh, sneaking right behind it almost simultaneously is, is tremendous. And it's something that, that Wilson does exponentially. It looks like he's almost playing the game in slow motion. So the way that he can, he can just toy with defender's hips and sneak in, um, where they, they, they no longer have a visible, visible spot on him. Um, it reminds me of Antonio Brown a lot, honestly, um, the way that he can do that and the way that Antonio Brown has kind of done that throughout his career. So, um, again, we're talking about separation and nobody separates better in this class than Carrie Wilson.
0: And also something I'd like to bring up is the, is the body control. That's not something that can be measured at the combine or anything like that. He doesn't have the wingspan, the size of a London or, or Burks. You know, you talk about those guys being accuracy erasers, like, you know, if it's around them, they they can, they he does it in ways that he can jump and turn in the air and his hands are still soft as, as butter. It's, it's amazing, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, that he can, he has a catch radius that belies his size where he's just under a shade under six foot. He has a, I mean, if it's anywhere near him, you know, and he gets his hands on it, it almost always does not hit the ground, and and that's because that just you can't teach it. That body control, that it's it's so graceful, it's like a ballet dancer. It's pretty amazing. Uh, Jake, uh, you're up, my friend. Uh, go for it.
2: Yeah, let me share my screen. I am I am certainly uh, looking at trades. I am going to be full transparency in the market for Cleveland to trade this year. I think trading down and gathering ammunition for next year is a really smart move. I have a theory behind it. I don't want to delve into too deep. I don't think it takes rocket uh, scientist-level knowledge to understand why I would want to do that, but it is something I think you can still get a good player in in the first round and be able to do. Cincinnati originally called with pick 31, pick 63 in their second. Uh, From going to 31 to 13, I would like their first next year. I'm going to counter it. Uh, The Saints also offered 18 in their second-round pick, so I will come back to that if this one falls through. They declined it. So, we're going to say screw Cincinnati. We have a trade offer on the phone. This is their original offer. Uh, no issue moving back to 18 and picking up pick 49 for pick 106. So, I will accept that offer. Listen, this has been a weird draft. The first pick was Sauce Gardner. So, <laughs> it's all over the yeah. board right now. We got a guard going 11. Um, we'll just, you know, it's a simulator for a reason. All right, pick 18. I am not moving all the Screw way back the to pick 45. <laughs> yeah, so I'm good there. Um, let's see what's on the board here. I mean, I obviously like Jameson Williams. Obviously like Drake London. I've done about every single one of these. I've taken some of those guys, which, you know, it's fine. Um, if if Trevon Walker's here at pick 18, it's really hard to pass him up. I mean, it's, it's, it's a special player of trying to give us a glimpse of, of what you can get when moving back a couple times. So I'm going to try to see if there's anybody. Let's look at this as a group here. Who do you think at the end of this first round would be hungry to come up?
1: Maybe there is yeah, a Dolphin quarterback one. on the board. Yeah, Tampa's
2: yeah, Tampa. a realistic one. Um, Dolphins too. Dolphins. Let's try Tampa first. So let's go to NFC Tampa. We'll say 18 for 27 and their next year's one do you want to go for any more yeah, maybe try
0: to pick up a day three pick this year
2: okay can't 170. hurt 170 we'll just try 246 all right let's try one more time sometimes these things aren't de- you know they don't smell of the desperation teams have right so mm-hmm. you know it's uh so it's an algorithm, so we'll try one more time. 18 and just try their first next year. All right, so they're not into giving it up. Let's see if uh, Miami's interested in coming up for somebody they love.
1: Yeah, Miami's desperate for offensive linemen. So with, yep, and like there's
3: on an the offensive lineman there. at the top.
1: Yeah.
2: It's going to be hard. It's just the simulator's weird with this.
0: Maybe try that San Francisco first.
2: That's what we'll do. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We'll just sit at pick 18.
0: Um, Yeah, that's the thing, Taco Cat. Um, uh, The simulator, we love them, and they're fantastic for what they are, and they can be used in a myriad of ways. But obviously, it's all based on mathematical algorithms, and the human element isn't in there. So sometimes, once in a while, if you run enough of these, you're just looking around going, this is bizarre. Like It it just gets wonky every so often, and obviously, it's not going to be perfect. Um, But yeah. And I don't think they have a force...
2: Yeah, they don't have a forced trade uh, element on No, there. huh? Because no. this is a deal that a team would do. they give up a next year's one uh, to make this sort of thing happen. So, you, you would know, think. we, we could a do thing like
1: the the Saints did with, for Marcus Davenport years ago. They came up about the same range-ish, and they give up a future one as well.
2: Right. I think somebody would call it 18 here if Cleveland put it out there that they're willing to keep moving down. I mean, we could cheat the simulator and offer a, off a second next year, if you guys think it. This is that if you're if
0: you really want to force it through just to show what could happen, then, yeah, go ahead and do it. I mean, and so we can get familiar with the guys at the back end of the first round. Go for it. But, you know, I mean, let's, you know, uh, make sure we tell everybody, everybody watching, just keep in mind that we're not saying they should do this. We're just trying to get it through so we can look at the guys at the back half of the second or I'm sorry, the back half of the first round.
2: So in this scenario, obviously, we would gain a first round pick to give up. 18, which we moved back and gained pick 49 and swapped out one Oh six for 49. So that one Oh six is now gone uh, for 49, which isn't okay. So you'd go down to pick 49 and you'd have an extra next uh, one next year. So, which would be, I I did not actually offer them a first. This was just a a matter of getting the trade to go through, because if you look at the value, it is, it is still realistic in my opinion. Um, I'm probably good. I'd like to make a pick here. Not going to move back any further. Okay. So, at this spot, I mean, if Drake London is still here or Traylon Burks, they're both in the in the realm of possibility. Louis Seen is fun, not the position we need. Um Jahan Dotson is fun as a wide receiver. The edge class, the top tier edge guys, um are gone by this point, right? Like all those guys that you would look at and yeah. be enticed with, uh, it's hard to see any of them uh, slipping to this point. So there's a collection there. I think that these guys that are there are fair. Uh, you know, Travis Jones, interesting here. I mean, I've seen some people mock him first round. I think Dane just mocked him first round, I think, late first round. He did today. Um yeah. So he's an interesting player. The ed- the edge group. I don't see anybody in here that makes me hungry to take them right here. Depending uh, based on the group that I think is there. Boy, Trent McDuffie thought would test better. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Kyler Gordon was supposed to run the fastest forty of the weekend yeah, too, and he ran like four or
2: five. Pretty strange. bomb being combat. available here is definitely realistic mm-hmm. based on the arm length questions. So I mean, I'm. Uh, all this trading around, trying to get different scenarios, and I, I think I'm like a four for five Drake London taker at this point, Steve. I, I like I like him here, and it'd be silly for me to take him. I do think he's gone by this point. At which point, if he was gone, I would have no issue with the back end of the first round taking Burks at all. So, but I'm going to take London uh, at pick 29 and try to give us an example of uh, what we can get next. So I will pause mine and you throw yours up, Steve.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll take a look at uh, uh, some Drake London moves here. And there was a great thread put out uh, earlier today, um, blanking on who it was. Um, It was from, I believe, the Oregon game. And you watched London run basically the entire route tree uh, in in one single game. And you saw what what people like Sobo and us have been saying. So many of these catches of his that end up being contested catches shouldn't be that way. He's creating the separation that people can't say he can't do, but the ball's late or the ball's off target. And by the time it gets there, the defensive backs, then he's usually bracketed, have time to get there and and make it turn it into a contested catch. So I I, I can't say it anymore.
2: There's also a difference between a contested catch because you can't do anything and being a gifted back shoulder player. Right. Back shoulder throw is a gifted thing that not a lot of guys can do successfully. So that there is just sheer athleticism. But like I've talked about this in our group here at the OBR is like if you're looking for a guy that fits with what Baker can do, like he is a really proficient back shoulder thrower and 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 London can go get it very smoothly out of that back shoulder scenario and can run past you and jump over you if he needs to. So he's not he is not a lack of separation guy to me. He is not a a catch point concern guy. He's, he's not a one trick guy to me. He's not a burner. He's not going to run away from NFL corners over the top often, but that doesn't mean you can't make plays because you, th- it's like a, it's like Jamie Moyer. Remember Jamie Moyer, the nice soft toss and lefty. Yeah. Right. Still confused hitters got outs. I think that, that, and I don't think London's slow. He is a, he can four, get, five I think low he's four, four, a yeah. mid to yeah. low four five guy. And, He's a bully after the catch. Like he literally plays bully ball, and he, he there's some plays where you're like, how did he make that See, guy that's... miss? Hesitation stop start make a guy miss. He's a yak creator, man, and it's not corny yak. Like he creates it after the catch. So I'm 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 all I'm all in on who he can be. I I do love being able to slide down a little bit and get him, but I think there's still an outcome where a team's in love with him and he's already gone by 13. So yeah you know, he's 20, he's 20 and he's never focused on football that much. He's been a basketball football guy. He just started focusing on football. I think this guy's the limit, man. I really do.
0: Yeah. I think he has, uh, uh, the, uh, the stuff in the right situation to be right there with the best in this class. And Corey, uh, this is uh, up your alley. You're, I, I love the way you break down film, but I think obviously he doesn't have the speed, the top end speed of a Jamison Williams, but his speed variance, his pacing, is very so they're both really really good at it right and it's kind of yeah. like you jake you were talking about baseball i could never throw that hard but i learned early on if you change speeds a lot on a hitter and you can throw strikes it confuses them more than motion and, and all that kind of stuff and it's similar for defensive backs if you can stop start and and you know vary your speed and vary your routes and stuff like that it's devastating right and he does that cory yeah,
1: he absolutely does. Um,
0: he's very good at,
1: at. I I refer to it as a throttle, like throttle. You hear know, people refer to it as throttling your routes. Um, Jahan Dotson does it really well. So if you want to see a receiver who knows how to throttle his routes, um, that's a good guy to watch. But London's actually very good at it as well. Um, and, and there's other elements of creating separation other than at the catch point, winning with height, with which london thrives at and with speed there's more than two ways to create separation so uh a way that that london thrives at creating separation is his ability to hand fight down the field so Mm -hmm. um in that clip we just watched there's a stanford clip where he hand fights really well keeps his frame clear and then he's very good at at making that subtle nudge at the top of his routes to to create that extra cushion at the top of his routes um, between him and the defensive back um It's one of my favorite phrases now. I think Benjamin Solak was the one who started it, but always create or or always commit offensive pass interference is is the new phrase for wide receivers. And (laughs) and London's very good at the always commit offensive pass interference. Um, He's just very subtle at it. He's got that good chicken wing at the top of his routes to hide it and and give that extra nudge at the top of routes to to really get himself clear of contact. Um, So that's what I like a lot about London's game.
0: Yeah, a quick shout out to the chat, Organic Purity. uh, I saw a little bit ago, I've I've been waiting to get to you subscribed again with Amazon Prime. We appreciate you being a subscriber. If you guys have Amazon Prime, you can get a free subscription. There's one included with every Amazon Prime to any Twitch streamer of your choice. If you scroll back up to the top of the chat, I put a link in there. It's the very first link. It walks you through it. It takes less than two minutes to do that. But your question here, who, who fits the offense better? I think Jake, you answered it uh, perfectly in the, uh, uh, in the uh, chat there. Yes. That's the question. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of, and, and, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's going to depend at least somewhat on what they do in free agency too. You know, I mean, if they go out and, and their big guy is a, is a slot only guy, a Christian Kirk or something like that, then maybe they lean a little bit more towards London or something like that. But I still think they go best, you know, just the best player regardless. And then you figure it out on the field. But, I think either of them or Traylon Burks, you know, or Jameson Williams would be a terrific addition. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm up. I am using PFF. Where is mine? There it is. I am using the PFF one. Uh, and just so you guys know, when my final uh, results come up, I have also forced through a couple of trades that are going to look weird. Uh, they do not have the quasi pick in there uh, at 98 and they do not have the Brown seventh rounder at 220 in there. So, I offered you know, firsts and seconds and all kinds of weird stuff just to get those. So when it comes up, don't think I'm stupid that I'm offering a second-round pick for the seventh-round pick from the Panthers this year. There's lots of other reasons to think I'm stupid. All right, you can see here uh, at uh, 13, Linderbaum, top guy on the board, uh, Devin Lord. Bernard Raymond's going to be 25 this season. I can't imagine they're going to take him. Kobe Dean's a terrific player. I, I would just be... Stunned. I would. I would fall down. I would be Clark Griswold, head sewn to the carpet, stunned if they went uh, linebacker in the first round. So I'm going to go ahead and pull up the two positions we've been looking at here. You got Jameson Williams, Chris Olave still there, trailing Burks. So London and Wilson. You can see right there. Uh, Wilson went. I one can't pick stop thinking us. about
2: Wilson and Justin Jefferson. Uh, yeah, on the field at the same time. That'd be really it's, fun.
0: Yeah, uh, Kirk can uh, Really, <laughs> yeah. really run up those stats on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. And then at the edge, uh, Treven Walker is still there. It would be extremely difficult to to pass on him here. Uh, Ojabo, as uh, Corey talked about, is also interesting. But somebody uh, in the chat a little bit ago said, why don't we take Jordan Davis just in one of these just to see what happens? I'm going to go ahead and do that. I would I would take um, either Jamison Williams or uh, uh, Trevon Walker here. But I think that's a good idea because we always say what we're trying to do here is give different looks, give as many different options as we possibly can. Uh, and so let's go ahead and do that here. Jordan Davis, I, I got to
2: say, I'm going to go ahead and take him here and then I'll pull this down. Much freakier um, of an athlete than anybody anticipated. <laughs> and that does put like he's all time com- combine athlete here. And like that puts yeah. him in the brown. He is way more in the discussion for Cleveland than he was. Before the combine. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't I would be surprised, not stunned if they took him there. I would be surprised, but pleasantly surprised, because they could see him as a good enough athlete to be a three down player. I just think that, that he, he's he's too athletic to not <clears throat> be considered a three down player. So, you know, Georgia's scheme called for rotations and different things, and and uh, <laughs> you know, teams tried to run on them laterally a lot because why the hell would you run an interior against those guys, right? Like um Right. You know, so they try to get rid of the football quick because why wouldn't you try to get rid of the football quick against Georgia? You have no other choice. So, uh, yeah, I am I, I would have – if that was the pick, I'd be surprised. But I'd be like, yeah, man, that's a really good defensive tackle for a long time. I just, I, well, you,
0: no. you and I have been talking about this for months. I have said this since the fall. And, Corey, mm-hmm. you can jump in if you agree or disagree. That That's the common refrain with, is he's only a two-down player, see, and you don't do that uh, on day one, which I agree with. If someone is clearly a two-down player – it's not a day one pick. It's not a smart day one pick for me. I have always said, I think he can be more than that. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, like you said, it was a scheme thing. Maybe it's an effort thing. I don't know. You know, we, we weren't there. That's the one thing we out here can't uh, uh, you know, can't ever know. It doesn't look like it. He seems like he's got enough juice to do it all the time. So you're right. If they think he can be a consistent three down player and consistently give them that push up the middle, as well as obviously being, you know a buick with feet in the run game i yeah i i still probably would go edge or wide receiver here just because i think it's a higher impact position um especially if they sign two guys uh a, along the interior like we did here uh in this uh in this scenario but if they happen to swing and hit big at edge and wide receiver and strike out at interior defensive line maybe that shifts the narrative uh cory your thoughts on the big uh, the big fellow from georgia Yeah. So again, he did only play 33% of the
1: snaps for Georgia. That's a small number. That's a very small number. But again, we're talking about over his past two years, we're talking about Aziz Ojolari, who was a top 50 pick, probably would have been a first rounder had those knee concerns not come up at the combine. And then last year, also Jermaine Johnson played at Georgia, who's going to be a, a top 10, top 15 pick this year from Florida state. Jermaine Johnson had to transfer from Georgia to get snaps because this Georgia defensive front over the next two years has probably seven first-rounders on it. So we're talking uh, Jordan Davis. We're talking Devontae Wyatt. He's too old for the Browns. They're not going to take him. But we're talking Devontae Wyatt. Uh, we're talking Nolan Smith, who's going to be a first-round edge rusher next year. That dude's got levers for days. That dude is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking uh, Trevon Walker. And we're talking Adam Anderson, who would have been a first-round pick in first-round discussion, but he did have some off-the-field stuff that uh, got him suspended the rest of the year and and is, is pretty damning. So, um, but that's what we're talking about. Like this is a stacked Georgia front. So if we're talking passing situations, are you going to put Nolan Smith, Trevon Walker, Adam Anderson on the field? Are you going to keep Jordan Davis on the field? Like that's what, that's the the type of athletes we're talking about at Georgia. So that has to be taken into account. Um, So I definitely think, especially some of the quick twitch lateral movement you can see from, from Davis on on the film. uh, There's some crazy stuff of him getting parallel all the way to the boundary and making plays along the boundary as well, which is just absurd. Um, I definitely think he can be a three down player at the next level.
0: Real quick before you go to your next pick, I just saw this fumble thirteen. This was when I was talking about uh, uh, changing speeds as a pitcher because, like, yes, I I definitely did not fool Griffey. Uh, that ball that he hit off of me in nineteen eighty five still <laughs> hasn't landed. I guarantee it. It's still going. I just saw that good one. I, it's a good I story, wasn't though. you? Yeah, it is. It was fun. It was. Uh, Well, it wasn't fun in the moment, but it's a nice story now to be able to tell. All right, Corey, you're up. Uh, Where's yours? There it is.
1: Yep, I am back at 44. I'm not going to do any trades. Um, I'll let you guys explore that. I'll just do kind of a straightforward one here. Um, So in the meantime, off the board, since our pick, you know, um, Karloftis, Davis, Wyatt, again, Wyatt's 24. That's a guy that Browns aren't even going to consider as early as he's going to go in the draft. It's not going to happen. Linderbaum, that's early for Bullen freak. Um, Perry on Winfrey, I would have considered him had he been on the board, but he's gone. That's really it. Tyler Smith is a good player. Sean Ryan is a guy I will pound the table for. Um, so we're left with some quarterbacks. I just do not like this quarterback class enough to even take one at 44. Just, I'm not even in, in the consideration here. Um, walkers or, um, Harris is a freak, but his eyes are garbage. Um, he's got some really bad eyes. Um, not taking a running back. DeMarvin Leal would be interesting. I did not expect him. I expected him to test better than he did though. He came in at like in the two eighties for an interior defensive lineman. Everybody touted how freak of an athlete he was and he just didn't show it. Um, That plus some, some pretty subpar tape from a year when he was a top 10 prospect preseason. is just, it's not a good combination. Um, I don't really like any of these names. So I am going to scroll down. I would consider Skymore. Everybody knows my love for Skymore, Um, but I'm going to go down here to Travis Jones. So um, we've talked about Travis Jones a lot and I think Travis Jones would be getting a lot more, uh, run, uh, had Jordan Davis not tested like a freak. So again, for a six foot four, 325 pound dude, 34 inch arms, we're talking a nine, a four, nine, two 40 yard dash. Like, uh, that 20 yard split is incredible. Um, just incredible agility at that size as well. Very good agility and and, and some good explosive grades as well. So um, we're talking about Travis Jones, a guy who is just a freak athlete um, at his size. Again, UConn is a, a tin can of a program, but, you know, that's a really, really good player to punch out. Um, and again, what the Browns need is, is interior defensive linemen badly. He's a guy who could play some shade. He's a guy who could slide out to three tech. Um, so he can kind of he can. Kinda, he can he can wear a couple hats along that interior of the, of the defensive line as well. So uh, again, positional need matches value here. Um, and so he's 60 on this board, but again, Dane Brugler mocked him in the first round. So like, that's what we're talking about, the kind of player here. So I'm going to go Travis Jones.
0: Yeah. I think Jake uh, it, it's, I, I likened his uh, combine workout to Nick Chubbs a few years ago. Cause uh, if Saquon Barkley hadn't, you know, had an otherworldly performance, we would have been talking about Nick Chubbs because Nick Chubbs' combine was just ridiculous. And it's kind of the same thing here. Nick Travis Jones blew everything away, but Jordan Davis just, as you said, literally, I think, the second best um, combine of all time. So, um, you know, well, I was going to ask Jake for his his opinion on uh, Jones here. And here's the thing. People say, uh, you know, UConn, oh, well, they don't play the toughest schedule. No, they don't. So you always look at a guy and you ask, from a smaller school and you know they're not terribly small but you know a smaller school like that how did he do against the top competition if you go back and watch his game against clemson here he was tossing dudes all over the place he was absolutely mm-hmm. uh, murdering people so you know he, he had he had himself a heck of a day uh against uh, against clemson jake's back uh, your thoughts on uh, travis jones here real quick
3: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate
2: Yeah man, every everything you want. He plays uh, with with I think some pretty heavy hands. I think he can he can disengage the way you need to disengage but can also do the sudden stuff that creates angles, right? The little sudden burst that creates angles. It's not all about hand fighting. Sometimes you just have to be faster than the guy in front of you, you know, trying to cut you off, sliding A to B, stuff like that. And uh, there's just so much good tape. There's so much good tape to like. I think I think he, in my opinion, I would put him as a a Superior upside, more consistent. Larry Ogunjobi. That's where I would kind of liken him. And I think Larry, as a third round guy, had a ton of upside—the the body, the the testing—and he just wasn't consistent enough. Now he found some more uh, in since in Cincinnati, but but still just not consistent enough. And I think Jones does a lot of those things that we were begging Larry to do. I think he does them pretty well. So that's a guy that I uh, try to liken him to for. Everybody kind of following along with the type of player like there were players we saw plays we saw from Larry that were like, wow, like that is that's impressive. Right. He would get up under somebody. He would bull rush. He would he would hit a quick chop spin like a little uh, club rip. He would do some different things where, you know, think back to 2018. I think it was in New, in New Orleans where he was consistently in Drew Brees lap in that game. Right. Like he had moments just not consistent enough with uh, what they wanted from him uh, to, to to be a long-term part of the Browns. I think Jones can do those things more consistently and that's a pretty exciting player. So, yeah, uh, a good question
0: here real quick before we go to your next pick. Uh, uh we'll throw it out as a round table. Just a quick one here. What do you think is more likely? The Browns trade down from 13 or try to trade back up into the 1st from
2: 44? Trade down. I don't think they're going to move up in this draft. I just don't see it. I don't I don't see it. They're not like move up moves like that or uh, back into the first round from 44 is a pretty big leap and you got to give up yep. a lot. And I just don't think they're going to move up from 44. That's just me personally. They moved up last year, but that was just to swap a pick later and to move up what, like three spots, four spots. Wasn't much. Seven. I just, yeah. 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 It wasn't, it wasn't an overwhelming amount um, more than my memory serves, but uh I just don't see that personally. Corey.
1: Yeah, I don't either. Again, we're, we're talking about an Andrew Berry staff when he was on the staff with, um, Sashi Brown, they did it to to draft David and Joku. They traded back up in the first round, but they move, were moving it from 33 then. They had the first right. pick in the second round. So it wasn't as exponential as 11 picks later back up this far. So uh, I don't see it.
0: Yeah. And I will throw in too there that, uh, you know, Dane and DJ and, you know, people much smarter about the draft than we are have consistently said, the rankings between twenty five and about fifty five or sixty are going to be very fluid. It's going to be really even in there, and really is going to come down to scheme and what's your favorite flavor. So, uh, the odds that they have somebody graded high enough to move up, you know, a dozen spots or more into the back end of the first round seem seem long to me. All right, Jake, you're up.
2: Uh, in the in the mind of, of this situation where trading back is like I'm trying to gather assets, like I'm, I'm really I I think. Some people might think I'm trying to be funny or like, I think that this is a wise play for them. Like I think they can be all in with the guys they've had around and then also gather assets to help this year and help in the future. So if these opportunities present themselves, if I know that the worst, (laughs) listen, we got to entertain this because we didn't entertain it last year. Everything was rose colored glasses. We're all excited about the year and this is what landing on your face looks like. So I think they're giving signs they're going to run back as many of these guys as possible. They still might not do it with Jarvis. We'll see. We've heard murmurs from Brad about the potential to, uh, to gather uh, a cheaper contract. I don't know. But until I see evidence of uh, a, a clear decision on some of these things with moving on from people, I think they're going to run it back, see what Baker does, see what the guys do, but also keep an eye on gathering some assets to if they have to flush the toilet, essentially, I hate to say it that way, but if they have to flush the toilet of a lot of important pieces, they have as much as much ammunition as possible to next year. If you get hungry for a quarterback next year, you can move up, right? You can get hungry for some things like, I have an extra second and I have an extra first. Here's these picks and that we're coming up to get a Stroud, a Bryce Young, whatever it is. I think that that would be a really smart play for them. So, um Let's let's take this offer. Right. Uh, pick pick 44 for 55 and move back 11, but you move up from four to second round next year. So I'm going to accept that. And I also don't rem- forget, I had moved back to 18 and uh, and took the, the Dolphins, gave me some ammunition um, as well uh, for next year for 23. I am not liking that one. So we're going to pick here. All right. We both like Isaiah Likely, the tight end from Coastal. Like him a lot. Sean Ryan's fun. Alec Pierce tested fun. Tanya um, bomb still there. Yeah. 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 Kind of surprising. Agreed. We did sign a lot of defensive end talent uh, when we looked at this. Arden Key, Jerry Hughes, Joe Devine Clowney. All one year guys, though. Again, we're talking about sort of that flush the system theory, right? Where you could potentially be looking to. Uh, move on from some guys next off season. Um, this is an interesting spot we're sitting at Did has a question. What's he got?
0: Can to, you pass I, on I think
2: on? to me, Nick Harris can do it. I see Linderbaum is <laughs> a good player, but I see him as a very similar player to Harris. Harris is shorter, but Linderbaum's arms are dangerously short. And like, I still think he's going to be fine in the NFL. I just don't see that as something we need. I just I just don't see something we need. So um, that you're talking about someone's like, can you be bad enough to get Stroud? Here's what I'm talking about. I get it. They're not going to be the first pick. But if some team who doesn't need a first overall pick, quarterback, Jaguars, Chargers, season bottoms out, Justin Herbert gets hurt anything could happen. Any team could have a quarterback that they believe in and could end up with the first pick. If you have an extra first, your pick an extra first an extra second, that's ammunition to still give up things to go get that guy and still be able to piece together something else behind that pick. So that's my thought process here. Why I'm thinking that way, trying to keep an eye on now and the future is a possible way. These guys could go. Um, Man, it's funny. I like a lot of, I like two offensive tackles and I like some receivers. (laughs) That's interesting. I don't have a clear answer for you guys right now. I would probably take Travis Jones just because we didn't, we didn't address IDL a (laughs) ton in free agency, right? Um, Logan Hall or Travis Jones would be fine for me here. I probably would go Jones. Uh, just because I like I like either of them, I could go either of them and not care. Uh, if Logan Hall's there at 55, I'll probably end up taking him. Just to be transparent, so I'll take Jones too, just because I think it would really help at that spot. Again, don't think he'll be there.
0: Yeah, he's a good player. A uh, couple couple questions here. Uh, since we already showed his highlights, we won't rehash it again. Dd nineberg yes, he is. Uh, he's 23, uh, so he's outside the age rail uh, age guardrail. And uh, uh, R.I.P. Langsta, the PSU edge. He is also outside the age guardrail. So. They may break it this year. They may bend it this year because it's a funky COVID year. We've been saying that for a while, but I think the odds are heavily that if they do that, it will only be on uh, uh, day three. So, Jake, since you had two picks, real quick here, just go ahead and do your next one here before we move on to mine.
2: No. All right. In this scenario... Do you uh, have a picture you- of Logan Hall on the stand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would probably take Hall. I mean, but I could take Tyler Smith. Tyler I feel Smith's good about the good. future of right tackle. Um, Yeah, man, there's a lot of really fun players here.
0: Hey, Super Surge, glad you made
2: it. <clears throat> yeah, I think, I mean, Mechie's fun too. Really fun. There's a lot of good players in this range that I like. Uh, this is, uh, we took, we, we, we signed a couple trying to keep an eye on the now and later I'm talking about as a, as a, uh, a piece of this whole operation. Taking way too long with my picks here, guys. Just got to take a guy. I'm going to settle on. My long term, my wife to get ready for shut up. I'm taking my right Mm -hmm. tackle the future Tyler Smith. I think he's going to be a nice player. Yeah. Good pick.
0: Um, he's been in the early day three on these boards for a long time. And I continually just kept saying, I just, I I like him a lot better than this. And, you know, now now that the senior bowl and the combine have come up, it appears that, uh, you know, the league is catching up. So first, so that's good. Yeah, he is. He's getting from, which I think is a little rich. I think he's a little raw for day one. I do Uh, too, but I have
1: the hot take that like, we're talking about like the Carolina Panthers supposedly love Trevor Penning at sixth overall. Right. And so, like, if we're talking about Penning versus Smith, I like Smith better for what they are. Like, yeah. they're both two very physical players. And I, I would even say Smith probably has a higher a higher body count of dudes he's just thrown to the ground than Penning has. And that's Penning's calling card. Like, he's, I mean, Penning's probably a little bit more athletic, but it doesn't really show on tape. So, for what it is, I think Smith is better than
0: Better. Yeah. Smith is, is mean. He's just nasty. He he enjoys mm-hmm. humiliating the guy af- across from him. Uh good question here from super surge. Uh, one of our regulars just showed up a little bit late. We appreciate you being here. And uh, Jake, you and I were texting about this a little bit ago after the Russell Wilson news broke and everybody's saying, Oh, now they're going to trade everybody. You know, I, who knows if that's what they're actually going to do, but, and you and I said, well, I said, and uh, uh, I think you agreed with me, if it came down that they called and said they wanted, you know, 44 for DK Metcalf, I, I, that's about as high as I would go. I would try to talk them down to a third, but a a two for DK Metcalf. And then you grab a, you know, a Walker or a Karlaftis in the first at 13 or something like that. I mean, I'd be totally okay with that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would, I would too. It's just always funny when, when these things happen, these deals happen, you see like everybody going over to the dead body on the road, the Seahawks, and like pecking at the body like birds, just like, oh, Tyler Lockett. Oh, DK Metcalf. Like, yeah, like, it's just funny. I mean, yeah, I mean, if DK Metcalf was really available, uh, yeah, I would be more than willing to uh to take to take DK Metcalf for the 44th pick in the draft. Now, some people have asked about 13 and i think he's a good i think he's a really good player and if your thought was well we're taking a wide receiver at 13 anyway but the thing with dk is you've eaten into a couple of rookie year uh right years of the deal and but but again how often do you hit first round picks you can actually lock in a really good wide receiver but it's like it's just i don't know i don't know what they would value there so i'd be into metcalf at 44 like Absolutely. I give them a couple like this year's two and another or something. If they wanted to go that route, I would get kind of crazy on it because you really want to solve explosives. You solved it. You figured you figured it out. So like that's a big part of it, too. So exactly. um, I
0: mean, between that Metcalf with the 44th pick and then, you know, let's say again, you know, Karlaftis or Walker or, you know, whoever your edge of choice is that you think is the guy falls to 13. You've immediately solved your two big well not solved but you've come close to solving your two biggest gaps on the entire roster and that allows you to you know do all other kinds of stuff so yeah i i i just wanted to throw that out there cuz i thought that was an a interesting question i am up next here uh at 44 um it, it, it or 45 on the uh on the uh, pff board and uh, again it's it's kind of a an in between place uh, you can see travis jones is there but because in mine we decided to see what would happen with uh, um, taking uh, uh, the big fella from Georgia uh, at 13. I'm not going to go that route. You look at the edges. Uh, Corey, this is one you and I uh, disagree on. Uh, Kingsley in Agbury, I like him quite a bit. You don't like him as much, but Cameron Thomas, I like better than this as well. So there's two solid edge uh, guys, I think, available here in this range. But... I think we anybody who has followed the dailies is knows where I'm going to go here. I just love this kid. I just absolutely love Sky Moore. I think he is I think he is everything that you want in a modern NFL wide receiver. You go and you watch him work against press, especially against press. he's deadly. He's absolutely deadly. Um, now the question, uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and take him there and then we can talk about him. Um, the, the question about him, of course, is going to be he's a little bit shorter. Uh, But he's rocked up. He doesn't have an ounce of fat on him. Uh, And then they're going to talk about, you know, level of competition playing in the Mac. But I don't see it as an issue because he's just absolutely dusting people. Um, I think, Corey, and tell me if you think I was wrong. He can play outside. He did it quite a bit at Western. But I think his spot in the NFL is going to be overwhelmingly on the inside, right? Uh, I think I would push back on that a little bit. I think it can be closer to a 50-50
1: split. He's not going to be an exclusively outside the numbers guy. But – Uh, I mean, we're talking about a guy who was 65, 35 in college outside. And so I think the way that he wins against press again, we're talking level of competition, but I mean, he did it against Michigan. He did it against Pitt. Um, He had some nice games against P5 teams that I'm like, I think he can, he can still push some defensive backs on their heels in the NFL too. Um, I think early on, that's probably your best bet is to, to push him inside a little bit. But again, just how, how he uses his hands at the top of the routes. He's very good at stacking defensive backs to the point where like, I've seen on more than one occasion where he causes a defensive back to to get their feet tangled and, and fall down because he's he's like, that twitchy at the top of the routes uh, at the top of his route. So I think he can win outside the numbers early on, maybe not, but I, I mean, Jarvis Landry is a 65, 35 guy at the NFL level. And I think sky's twitchier sky's better against press coverage sky's better. You know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. So I think he can be 65, 35, the next level too.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I could see that. I think, uh, you know, depending on how the makeup of the wide receiver room will will obviously dictate a little bit of that as well. I mean, if you have a guy on your route mm-hmm. that only plays on the outside, then you're going to, you know, that number is going to jump up just because that's the situation that you're in. So, yeah, all you guys uh, shocked that I took him. Uh, yeah, I've kind of uh, I've kind of beat that <laughs> drum a little bit here. Uh, quick shout out the it crazy to see him kind of
1: climb, though, these these simulators, though.
0: Oh, it was so much nicer when we could get them at 154, wasn't it? It was so much nicer then. Uh, Quick shout out to Wagon 4345. Subscribe seven months in a row. And as I like to say, every time we see seven months, um, I believe that means you've been here since Mm -hmm. day one. So we really, really appreciate that. Thank you for uh, being a subscriber here. Quick reminder, next Monday, the Subathon. We're going to be on the air 1 hour before legal tampering starts right here on the OBR Twitch channel. Guaranteed to stay on 3 hours, but a subathon is as if you guys are buying new subs and cheering new bits, we will stay on. Every new subscription adds 5 minutes. Every 100 bits cheered will add 1 more minute. We will go to a maximum of 8 hours on the first day of legal tampering because I think we all expect the Browns to be making some moves. Maybe not top of the market changing the market type moves, but we all expect them to be signing some guys and shoring up some some holes because Inderberry is aggressive on day one. So, we will be here with you for that. More information will come out in the next week. Uh, we hope to see you guys here uh for the duration for as long as you can make it. Just keep us up in the background, and, and anytime anything happens, pop over and see uh, what we're up to. Corey, you are up with your next pick, my friend.
1: All right, let's get over here. So, two players I would have been interested in right here are Trey McBride and Isaiah Likely. I like both of those players quite a bit. Um, the two top tight ends on my board right now. I still have to work through some of the, the bigger names like Kate Ottensville, um, but that's where that sits. Um, I would have been interested in George Pickens had he fallen a little bit further. Um, Logan Hall just off as well. Um, but where I sit, uh, we got David Bell, John Mechie kind of here. Leo Chennault is a player that I'm very interested in bang for buck. I think he's the best linebacker that I've watched so far. Um, just extremely violent at the point of attack works downhill really well. And I've seen enough of a framework in coverage to think like, Oh, that's an area he can grow. Uh, we know they're interested in Calvin um, Austin. I think Mary Kay had an article saying the Browns have, have been sniffing around Calvin Austin a little bit. Uh, I haven't taken an edge yet. Um, so Drake Jackson makes a little bit of sense here too. Um, Drake Jackson's a hardy valve because again, he was playing out of position. He was asked to drop weight. So I didn't love his tape. Um, but those are things I have to take into consideration. We did add some one-year guys at edge. So this is the point where I weigh, do I double up a wide receiver and take a guy after red shirt for a little while, but I love his tape or do I just draft an edge to, to add a young edge to the room? And I think I'm just going to double up a wide receiver here. We've talked in our chat about John Mechie this week and, uh, just how tremendous of a football player he is. Again, he tore his ACL in the, the semifinals game. So, uh, or was it the it was might have been the SEC title game.
3: Um, yeah, but down the stretch,
1: right. he tore he his ACL. Um, but again, he's <clears throat> supposed to be on track to recover by July August. So June. that's a tre- yeah. June. Yeah. So that's a tremendous schedule. Even if he does have to miss a little bit of a little bit of time, we we have Garrett Wilson. He took 13th overall. So. I'm all aboard overhauling this wide receiver room, all aboard and doing what we need to do to get guys who can get open and who can separate. And in, in my opinion, I don't know if I've seen a better receiver who works off the line of scrimmage better than John Metchie in this class. Um, so I'm all aboard taking, I don't care about size. That's another thing that, that maybe is a little bit spicy, but I don't care about size at, at the wide receiver position. Can you get open? That's what I want to know. Can you get open? John Metchie can get open. So I don't have any problems pairing him with Garrett Wilson, two kind of undersized wide receivers. I'm taking John Metchie.
0: Yeah, super smart. You can see that he just he knows where the green grass is. He knows what the guy covering him can and can't do. And he exploits it. He's kind of like um, like a Greg Maddox pitching. You know, he knows what you can't do. And he's going to beat you to death with it until you prove that you can do a couple of quick questions about the subathon here that apparently I did not clarify. It's my fault. Super surge. Uh, that's Monday, the 14th, this coming Monday, the first day. Of legal tampering is when the subathon is going to be and uh uh, mr pierce who is also always here we love having you here that will start at 11 a.m uh tampering starts at noon eastern so we're going to be on the air one hour tracking all the rumors you know brad will be uh chiming in when he hears anything hopefully elena will be chiming in when he hears things fred all that kind of stuff so 11 a.m uh this coming monday the 14th the first day of uh legal tampering all right jake you're up
2: Yeah, I'm up at pick 78. There's several guys I'm interested. Jalen Petrie is is a fun player to me, a diverse safety who can do some different things. Uh, John Mechie, obviously, you guys just spoke about. Uh, I like Quay Walker tested really, really, really well. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, Logan Hall still sits on the board right now as this is a weird Sky Moore still sits on the board again varying uh varying boards here with different results in terms of how players are Mm -hmm. valued Uh, up at the top though uh, given that we've signed some receivers i expect to be around for a little while which is different (laughs) than maybe some of the one-year jerry hughes clowny rental situations i do feel inclined to keep adding along the d-line and logan hall still being here i don't expect him to be here at 78 but i'm at the mercy of the board so i will take him at 78
0: all right. Um, yeah, I mean, you've taken him uh, four hundred times uh, in the last. Uh, okay, few, easy, uh, Sky
2: Moore. Bunch of
0: <laughs> that we've done here. Hey, I can give and I can get. Uh, yeah. So tell us what it is exactly you like about him. What? What? Uh, what? Why do you keep taking him?
2: Well, I like guys who can do multiple things on the defensive line. I, I like guys who can play inside and play outside. Uh, I think that's a big reason we like Clowney. Right? It was about the diversity of position. Arden Keys kind of showing us another path interchangeable pieces. You know, I don't know what Logan Hall is going to be best at yet. So there's a little bit of scared nature. Is he just a tweener? Is his career going to be as a tweener, right? Can, can, you should do one thing well, and that's kind of the risk. I would take it a pick 78, right? Body type, athleticism. I like all of those things out of him. We'll see what he grows into. I do think he has a problem playing too high at times, but from my experience, getting a guy out of the habit of playing too high is much more rectifiable than a guy who uses his hands the right way and has better natural traits. So those things are not as big a deal to me as a guy who can, who can benefit from playing low or <laughs> teach him to play lower. Okay. Anyway, um, I'm taking him there. I like the, I like the value and uh, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of all I have. I like, I, I just like the player, I like the player in terms of his ability to move along the line laterally and popular outside zone or wide-breaking run system schemes, uh, screen passes that are becoming more popular. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit of my reasoning. I just think he's the best player for what they need. B- based on who we signed, I think he's a really good fit for the future as well as still helping in the now.
0: Yeah, and you know we should also add to that that uh, um, Joe Woods has shown over the last couple of years he likes to move those guys all over. When you have a Clowney, when you have a Miles – who's a mismatch pretty much anywhere. But if you have the ability to move Miles Garrett over a guard or Jadavion Clowney over a guard, I mean, it's, you know, it's embarrassing for those guards. And so if you have other guys who can maybe not all the time, but Logan Hall can switch out and play on the edge for you in certain situations where it's advantageous. So any kind of versatility anywhere, but especially on that defensive front, when you got power rushers like 95 and 95 and 90, I mean, obviously it's, it's something that you, you would love my next pick. Uh, It's interesting. And I want to I want to remember we we, I took Jordan Davis 13 because uh, someone in the chat said, let's do that just to see what happens. This is what happens. This is another reason why uh, I I don't think it's going to go that way, because I still haven't taken an edge. Okay, I took Sky Moore at the last pick. So we go down. Now we're at 78. Here's the edges that are left at this point. Um, Some good players. uh, Some of them are outside the age guardrail. But are they top 100 picks? I don't know. The only one that I would say that I think is a top 100 pick on the field that fits the age guard rail would be Sam Williams. But he comes with his I'm sorry, he just barely does not fit the age guard rail. He turns 23. The I think it's the first week of April or the last week of March. Like he's just outside, which might be OK for them this year. But he brings with him his own set of troubles. He's got off field stuff. We're not going to get into it here because we don't we're not legal experts. We don't know. Uh, he had some issues. Charges were dropped. All that kind of stuff. It's something that they're going to have to look into. But on the field, I know you love him, Corey. Uh, so just for the sake of you know make, getting different stuff and, and and making sure we have different players and all of these mocks for to compare and contrast, I'm going to go ahead and take Sam Williams here. I just wanted to make it clear. This is why this my my mock draft is going to look so much different and so weirder because this is what happens when you go interior defensive line at 13 the, those, you know, top 50 guys at wide receiver and edge that we've taken over and over and over, they're all gone by now. So um, I'm going to take Sam Williams here. I'm going to throw it to you, Corey, because I know you really, really like him on the field. Tell, tell us why. Yeah, he's explosive. I kind of showed it at the combine too. He
1: tested really well at the combine, super explosive player. I think he just has an ordinary first step. So, I mean, that's another way you can kind of lean into that explosiveness. And I think he's got some really heavy hands really heavy hands, not super bendy, but again, the guys that historically who played across from miles have been those more um, stout defenders uh, who can set a strong edge, who can, um, who can jump out of the building and, and, and kind of work parallel and run support. I mean, if we talk about what Clowney did this year, it was tremendous uh, in terms of run support. So um, I think he fits that mold again. He does come with some baggage. Um, and I, I have a buddy who went to the, who was uh, on the field at the NFL PA bowl. And he said that even at the NFL PA bowl, like, Williams just didn't even care what people thought of him Um, as kind of the persona he carried even at these all-star events. So uh, there, there's, there's some, some stuff to consider with him, but on the field, he's explosive and he's got some strong, strong hands.
0: Yeah. And uh, D.D. Nineberg in scenario, we might be okay with key Hughes and Clowney, but it definitely shows what could happen. And yes, we will be okay for this year. But as Jake keeps saying, a lot of these guys, the wide receivers we signed in this scenario here tonight, are sort of longer term guys. You're going to be here multiple years. Most of those guys, with the exception of Clowney, who if they bring them back, I, I expect it's going to be on another similar two or maybe three-year deal. There's nothing behind 95 and 90 at that point, and that's what the draft is all about. The draft is about two, three, four years from now. It's not necessarily about this year, uh, especially with these high picks, because those are your foundational pieces. You're hoping your number one and number two picks are around for you know anywhere from six to 10 years. So to, to pass on that, uh, I is Davis that guy. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but we did it here tonight and it's just a, a good way to, uh, to take a look at different angles and different things. So, uh, who is a Corey, are you back up? I think so. Yep. I sure okay. am. So at 98,
1: again, this is kind of a situation where I wish I could trade. I don't you know. You need premium on TD and do that, but see a man. Tight end is a need, but like, I don't love you. these tight ends. And I know I'm going to make, I'm going to make a lot of Ohio state fans mad, but like, when I watch Rucker, I just have questions about one, how do, you struggle to get open at the college level. Like if you look at all of Rucker's catches, they're, they're incredible, but it's because they're all tight window. And, and I, I don't see a guy who could separate or, or who's super savvy to, to kind of be able to create those cushions. Um, and I don't think it's going to get easier at the next level. Cause I don't think he's a top tier athlete, um, so I have questions there. And, and Weidermeyer, uh, I'm, I'm pretty low on as well. Again, I, I, he's got some drop issues, some Big time drop issues. And I think he just runs like he's got to poop all the time. So I don't think he's like a very smooth athlete. <laughs> um, Dulcich is a little old for my liking as well. So I would take tight end here if there was one that I liked. But I, I don't like any of these guys. Ferguson's old. Um, so I'm actually going to consider linebacker here. So again... I know the Browns still have faith in Jacob Phillips and I know that there's still that hope that he can be the mic next to next to JOK, you know, when they're running nickel 70% of the times he hasn't been healthy for three straight years though. So we don't have anything to back that up. Um, and, and fringing on top 100, like why not take a shot here? Um, I don't have a date of birth on Quay Walker, so I don't know what his age is. I know it's close, um, but I'm going to scroll down a little bit further here. And I, I know I mentioned him earlier, um, but I'm gonna talk about Brandon Smith from Penn state. So I mentioned him in an article, a roundtable about a player who was going to test well at the combine. Uh, and he did just that. Um, so we're talking about Brandon Smith here, 6'3, 250, ran a four, five, two with a, a one, six, 10 yard split two six, 20 yard split, uh, 91st percentile, 97 percentile in terms of his explosive grades. Mm-hmm. So like we're talking about a freak again, he played at Penn state, lost some weight this year and kind of uh, tried to play a little bit more, Mike, and it didn't go super well. Again, I think his eyes are, his eyes are rough. Um, but again, we're talking the 98th overall pick. Um, and if the potential of a JOK Brandon Smith, just like sideline to sideline second level for the future is is a lot to pass up right here. Uh, Again, I've already taken two wide receivers, so I might consider that, but, um, and I don't love the edge, the edge value again, Sam Williams is there. Um, I'm not, I'm not huge on my Jay Sanders the way that some others are. Um, D'Angelo Malone is, is, is really just going to be a rotational guy. So, um, I'm taking a chance
0: on the athletic guy here and I'm going to go with Brandon. Yeah. It's hard to argue against taking athletes once you get past to at or near or past uh, a pick 100. We've often said that Jake, that once you get into day three athletes, 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 especially the deeper you get into day three, because there you're usually looking for your special teams guys. So you want guys that can blaze down the field or hit like a truck or all that kind of stuff. And it's, you know, it's, it's hard to argue against adding top level athletes uh, to your team at any point, uh, in the process uh, we're going to pick up the pace here uh, because we are into day three and we want to make sure we are out by eight thirty. quick reminder one hour from now at nine o'clock eastern the garage beers guys will be here uh they'll be talking hockey tonight so if you're a columbus blue jackets fan be sure to tune back in uh for michael keith and chad and, and all the garage beers guys are going to be talking columbus blue jackets hockey with jake christensen right here on the obr twitch channel jake you are up
2: So right here, you're at the fourth round, basically, right? You're taken at the end of the third. This is the, is this the comp pick for Quasi? Am I wrong about that? Okay. So there's a lot of guys I like. David Bell starts to become interesting at this range, at this range. Uh, I'm not including (laughs) Skymore. He's not going to be there. I'm not playing that game. It's not going to be there. Um, Wide receivers to me. You know, I like Shakir tested better than I thought he would, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Cause I thought he was pretty athletic on tape. Calvin Austin's uh, all kinds of fast. The thing we got to analyze is this. I think right now we have four players we think are a stone cold lock to be on the roster based on the decisions we made. You're not giving up on DPJ and you're not giving up on Schwartz. It's just too early. DPJ's produced. He's got a role Schwartz is too early. Okay. You sign two guys. Trey, I guess Trey Smith might not make the roster. It's possible but you you signed DJ Shark, who's going to be a part of it. You drafted Drake London in my scenario. So it's like mm, six wide receivers, maybe. I don't know. It's not impossible, but maybe. Um, So I would probably take one more, but I'm not going to stretch myself for David Bell here because there are some other guys a little later that I like uh, a lot as well. Uh, The tight end spot, I'm interested in the guy we've talked about here, Um, You know, Cole Turner's, Fine. Uh, Kolar, fine. But I, I definitely am also interested in Chigo. Chigaz- is it Chigazim? Is that pronouncing that right? Okonkwo? Am I think, I think it's Chizem. Right? Chizem? Chigazim? Chigazim. Ch- Ch- yes. Chigazim. Ch- I listened to Bellinger. it the other day. When i need to
1: listen to it again. Yeah.
2: Daniel Bellinger tested unbelievably. Steve, we talked about him before testing and he tested really, really well. So he's on my radar defensively. I mean, we've talked so far just between all of us talking. Um, you know, I think, I think Darian Beaver's. Nah. Troy Anderson, good athlete. Leo Chennault talked about him. I'm not crazy about a linebacker in this draft if we're bringing Walker back. Talked about Alex Wright before, right? We've talked about Dominique uh, Robinson blew up testing, right? Right. Had a nice nice testing session. Uh, Interesting. I'm not really crazy about that group. Corner. There's your guy. (laughs) He's there. He's there. Zion McCollum's a guy I was into before the combine, and he absolutely lit up the combine. I'm not sure he's a top 100 pick, but he lit up the combine in a way I thought he might. Obviously, a little later, our guy Nick Cross, who also lit up the combine, I think is going to be an interesting guy on their board. Um, DT brew all the way to the top. I think for this situation, I would probably end up taking – because remember, I don't have a pick 106. Uh, I don't have that pick, so I'm kind of in between – some different players that I like, I would probably, as we talked about speeding up the process for this situation, I'll be fine. I'll just take David Bell. I'll be fine as an example of where Mike, my, my threshold for David Bell starts. I just, the testing's not great. I get it, but I think there's a really, there's a good football player in there. There's a guy that can be an NFL wide receiver in there and the production against guys who are playing in the league. Uh, I just think there's a good enough football player in there to still be a guy that can make a, that can make a roster and can, and can be a nice part of a, timing-based system that this incorporates as well. So uh, I would be fine with taking him about 98 on. So that's just uh, my my spot to take him. So uh, Yeah, and it's an interesting point you bring
0: up about, uh, you know, you can't uh, bring in seven, eight wide receiver. I think they will. I think they'll bring a ton into camp, but I think after the first four or five, it's going to be, you know, uh, uh, street guys, like, trying to catch lightning in a bottle. Like, I wouldn't be against them taking, you know, Deshaun Hamilton just got released. Uh, from uh, the Broncos today, and he had a lot of hype when he was coming out before he got hurt. You bring him in on a tiny little, you know, invite deal for one year, maybe he finds it. Maybe he's back healthy, that kind of thing. I could see them bringing in a sixth wide receiver. But you're absolutely right. I just I, there, there comes a point where, okay, now we've got too many wide receivers. You know, there's just yeah. not enough snaps for them. All right, I'm up here uh, at 98 at the quasi pick, and there's just not a ton. Uh, I know we know I like Donovan West a ton, but in today's scenario, they kept JC Treader. Would they go ahead and take him anyway? Because this is probably the last year for JC one way or another. I think they probably would. I think they would take a Senate. They would take a Donovan West. They could take a Cam Jurgens, They might take a Dylan Parham, somebody like that, just to keep the line of succession going. But I'm not going to do that here uh, because I've taken uh, a lot of uh, different guys. We'll go to the tight ends. Uh, Isaiah likely is still on the board here. That's at, like you said, with Sky and yours, that's just not going to happen. So Let's not even do that. Uh, Dulcich, I love if he wasn't twenty-three. Uh, Mitchell is an ACL uh, risk that you're taking, but I love him uh, just a little bit later on on the board. Uh, what am I still missing here? What if I? I mean, we could take a tackle or something like that. Uh, but I think here's what I'm, we we're just talking about: wide receiver. I only have one on the board right now. Uh, the only guy I've taken is Sky. So I'm gonna I'm gonna grab a guy that I've been talking about for over a year. And I know Corey, you and I differ on him, uh, but that's okay. He's got. Size. He's got speed. He's got yak ability. He's good in short areas. He will have the the uh, concentration drop. He did clean it up, but it's still something that can be there. And and uh, that's Romeo Dubs from Nevada. Um, his coaches call him the anti diva because he just shows up and works. And I think that's a great thing for this locker room because you know I don't know if anybody knows, but we've we've had some some problems in the wide receiver room. I don't, I don't know if that slipped under the radar. So I'm going to go ahead and take Romeo dubs here because he's, uh, he, I think he came in at six, two and a half, two ten 210 uh, moves really well. And uh, you know, again, if you're looking for explosives, if he can figure the rest of it out, that guy can definitely be explosive. You're up Corey.
2: Keep right. rolling.
0: So <laughs> those two tight ends are still sitting at the top of my
1: board and I'm going to disregard them again. Uh, I still don't, I haven't taken an edge rusher. Um, but at the same time, I haven't really liked the board. Like Tyreek Smith is a fine. I think he's just going to carve out a role as a rotational edge rusher, and it's fine. He's got some bend. He's got some athleticism to him. Um, that, that's probably where I'm going to go, um, just to get an edge rusher here and a guy with some some long term, um, some long term <laughs> stability as that that either that first guy off the bench, that second guy off the bench, or just you know even a situational pass rusher. That's fine. Um, so I'm going to take Tyreek Smith here.
0: Yeah, former five-star athlete uh, was going to be the next big thing at Ohio State, and if you are, if people are looking at you as the next big thing at Ohio State, you you've got some juice. It never materialized for him, but all that stuff is still in there. Um, and so, if if a coaching staff at the NFL level thinks they can coax it out. You know, here on day three, that's, again, athletes, athletes, athletes. Since you're already up again, go ahead and make your next pick at 116, Corey. All right, 116.
1: The, the entire chat has been clamoring for it, and I think I'm going to do it right here. So we're going to go to my guy, go to tight end. He's listed at 131 right here. Chigazimokonkwo. Um, I love this dude. So I, when somebody tests like a freak at the at, at the combine, I have to go back and check the tape. Uh, and it shows up on tape. So I don't know how this guy didn't get a senior bowl invite. He He just – slid under the radar, went to the Shrine Bowl. Um, but especially, I still I still want to live in a, a post hooper world. So um, we're talking about Njoku tight end one, Harrison Bryant tight end two. Harrison Bryant has some of those move traits, but Bryant's a very limited athlete, and I don't think it's a, that's a surprise to anybody. He's got shorter arms. He's not super athletic. He can't jump super well.
2: Um, he's Austin Hooper. He,
1: yes, yes, <laughs> yes.
2: So if, if
1: we're moving forward with Harrison Bryant as that tight end two, a perfect role for him. Uh, I want a move piece. Uh, Again, we're not bringing back Harrison Bryant either. Uh, I'm sorry, Andy Janovich either. So get a guy who can play a wide variety of H-back role. He can play in the slot when you need him to. He's an explosive athlete. They manufactured touches for this guy. They gave him jet sweeps at Maryland. Like This is an athlete, and at the end of the day, we're talking about explosive plays and I want a guy who can line up at tight end, who can line up at H back, who can line up at slot. He can he can fit a majority of the roles. And, and that's a perfect tight end for me in my my dream scenario, in my head, at least. Um,
0: so Okonkwo is my dude. Good pick. I'm with it. Yep. Uh, Jake, since you didn't have a 116, I'm going to go ahead and make mine first before we go back to you. And I'm going to make this real easy. Uh, Nick Cross is still on the board. Uh, you know, we've got uh, two of our guys at, at the uh, safety position, but the third one, even even bringing back MJ Stewart, the third one is still unsure. And Nick Cross, as we've said a couple of times here, absolutely blew up the combine. And again, you watch his tape. It's inconsistent. Uh, he's got some holes. His aggressiveness can get him into trouble sometimes, but it can also make explosive plays aren't limited to the offense. If you can flip the field and make plays, make jarring hits, make interceptions, make, you know, give you the offense, the ball starting at, at the 38 going in, you know, four times a year, two times a year. That That's the difference between playoffs and no playoffs right there. So that's the kind of guy I want uh, back there in the safety room with John Johnson and Grant Dump. so I took Nick Cross at my pick. Uh, Jake, you're up.
2: Good pick. I will go um, just by virtue of looking at some testing numbers here. I'm taking dart throws at guys. I, I think you described Leo pretty well earlier. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking at some of the players that are out here. I mean, I, I definitely would be in on Alex Wright, kind of over-selected that position a little bit. Uh, and you've talked about him, and, and now you've talked about Tyreek Smith, I think is fun. D'Angelo Malone is fun. Uh, Robinson, I, I think that there's some guys there you could like on offense at wide receiver. Shakir is still there. Uh, but I took a guy. Actually, it looks like he got grabbed by somebody. But um, I think what I'm going to do is go – I'm going to go Chanel here and then keep an eye on some defensive backs later that I'm interested in. I think he's – Yeah, it's hard seventeen. All these guys on this board, I just – a hard time seeing them be there. But I guess, you know, other players got to get drafted too. Whatever. Yeah,
0: Chennault is. Uh, I, I think he's going to go uh, much earlier than that. So, uh, Corey, you are up again. Uh, let's yeah. uh, move on. Uh, where are you at? Cool. You're at one fifty four. Yeah. So, okay.
1: I would consider running back here. Given, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with De'Andre Johnson, but if if we do are in the market for a third running back, I would consider that guy like Samir White, guy like Jerome Ford. I wrote both those guys up this week in my offensive, you know, winners. Both dudes might be a little bit older, sure, but like Jerome Ford has just around 300 carries on his entire body throughout his entire year. He was an Alabama guy who sat for pretty much two and a half years before transferring to Cincinnati to be the guy. Uh, but I'm going to overpick the same guy I overpick all the time. I'm taking that break. Uh, see, he strained his pec in the bench press, and I'm so sad because we didn't get to see him test. He did some on-the-field drills, but he didn't get to test at at the combine, um, which really stinks. But I'm taking I'm taking my guy.
0: Yeah, well, let's just say if, if he's around at this pick, uh, I, I you run the card up at that point. I would be shocked if he's around. And Kevo680, uh, talking about uh, John Ridgeway, of course. Uh, that's our guy. I mean, I, your nickname is Vanilla Gorilla. I want you on my football team. I don't even care what you do. Uh, I'm going to go real quick here. I figured out I'm actually a pick behind here. So I'm going to make two picks in a row here. I'm going to make the first one real easy. I'm going to take a tackle. Uh, we ha- I haven't addressed the offensive line here, and this is a guy uh, I noticed him about a month ago, and uh, then he went out and had a, a really, really nice week at the Senior Bowl, and I'm hearing guys like Dane and DJ talk about him more and more, and that's Matt Willetsko, uh from North Dakota. Not North Dakota State, uh, from North Dakota, one of the fighting hawks up there. He's 6'7", he's 305, which you would think he'd be able to be knocked off balance real easy. He's he's not. He's, he's long. He's fast. He's smart. He's strong. Uh, he's technically sound. I really like him. Uh, As the swing tackle now and then possibly taking over for one of these guys if they leave in a couple of years and they they need to move that uh, that money around. And now I am at 154. You take a look here. Uh, The interior defensive line we've already hit. Uh, Noah Ellis is almost three hundred and seventy pounds and incredibly athletic fun of a son of uh, former uh, Detroit Lion defensive lineman Luther Ellis, you can see the bloodlines. He's got two brothers that are in the NFL right now. You can see it. And plus, he's almost 370 pounds. So if you want somebody to plug up the middle, he can do it just by standing there. Uh, there's a few other guys out here that I like. Marquine McCall also. Um, let's see. What do the tight ends look like? Who's left? Oh, see, there's our guys. Uh, James Mitchell. This is where I would say take uh, you take a shot on a guy like that because James Mitchell from Virginia Tech, former wide receiver, and we've been talking about it, Jake. The Browns tendency on wide receiver has been take a guy who's already a, a threat in the passing game and teach him how to be enough of a blocker so that you can use him. OK, that's what they seem to do. And Mitchell is the same way It all. It's all about the medicals for him. He his ACL in September. So his timeline for return is a little bit different than the Alabama guys we've been talking about. He should be, as far as I know, fine for the start of camp. So. Uh, If they think that that is the case as a receiver, he is already extremely dynamic as a receiver. So I would throw him in there into that tight end room. So that's my pick at 154, Uh, James Mitchell. Uh, Jake, you are up.
2: Well, I've looked at two guys on the front line here who I have deemed kind of maybe, you know, know, I know Jones is going to be an inside guy. Logan Hall might also end up being an inside guy. So I could go edge here based on positions I want to keep looking long term. Offensively, I've gotten some wide receivers. I've gotten an offensive tackle. I don't feel the need to force anything right this second. Not in love with the tight end at this spot. Two guys I'm considering. Well, three. Brian Cook. I'm considering. Uh, I'm considering Tyreek Smith. And I'm. I mean, Marquise Bell tested really well, uh, but also Zion McCollum because I really like the things McCollum's put on tape and the in the bowl uh, efforts. And I, I I like I like the testing too. And that's what you're trying to find a guy that's traitsy enough to stick around right because you're just trying to get a at this point it's a roster spot can they make the roster right Uh, Right. and i think you're looking for some of those traits later on in the draft i'm gonna take i'm probably gonna take smith here um i know that we have taken him i could take d'angelo malone for difference but i really like the story, I really think it would be cool to see Tyreek Smith come back to Cleveland too. I think you know we wrote up a story at the OBR. That's no secret. It's been all over Buckeye boards. He, he grew up a Cleveland Brown fan and all of that as well. So Nick Cross went off the board a couple of picks earlier. He would have been my pick, uh, but uh, we'll see what shakes out with the rest of this thing. There's two positions I really kind of interested in. Uh, you can come back to me, but I think that's a good that's a good pick there.
1: Corey, you're next. All right, I am at pick 191. Uh, L.A.B. went off the board and I probably would have taken him there had he been there. Um, some running backs went off the board too. I do like Tyler Algier, he's kind of old though. Um, I'm probably not gonna take a running back. I'm gonna go to defensive back. Let's see what we got here. There's a couple athletes down here, so we, we're talking about Zion McCollum, still, we're talking about Jalen Armour Davis. Uh, at 191, though, man, that's it's insane value to, to get either of those guys, in my opinion. Um, Verone McKinley is a good guy who's got some box versatility, but let's go ahead and and, and load up the you know, the cornerback room and just take an athlete here. So uh, I'm going to go with Zion McCollum. Again, it, it seems like a reach, but again, we're talking about what Jake said. Can you make a roster spot? So uh, Zion McCollum after, after he put up numbers at, at, the, at the combine.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, we're almost at pick 200 here. So, you know, I mean, it's, a, you know, the definition of a dart throw and these are the guys you want, On your, uh, on your special teams. I mean, that's just the way it is here. Now, will you find somebody that breaks out like in, you know, an Antonio uh, Brown or something like, of course you will. It happens every so often, but you know, the numbers are so low. Uh, I'm going to make some people very happy here because you can see uh, this is the range. These guys are starting to come up. And I know on, uh, on your board, Corey, they don't even have special teams guys. Uh, uh, So, you know, I mean, I could, you know, I mean, Leon O'Neill is interesting to me. He's always been very interesting to me because I, he just can't put it all together, but he's one of those guys that you, you always think you can fix him at safety, so uh, he would be interesting, but I'm just, I'm going to go ahead and take the big leg. We need a kicker. We need a punter. I think they're going to address kicker in free agency. I really do, uh, and this, I, I cannot believe this sentence is going to come out of my mouth. This is about the third time I've said it on this program. This is a good punter class. I, I can't believe that, <laughs> that I said that. I would not be surprised if four punters are actually selected with picks in this class. And uh, Jordan Stout is another one right there. Ryan Stonehouse is another one. Uh, it, th- these guys can kick the ball to the moon, but I'm just going to go ahead and take the big leg. I'm going to take Mattareza there uh, from San Diego State because if he you kicks too. Yeah, he can. He can definitely step in and kick. So if you can uh give this defense, which we think is an ascending defense, an extra five to seven yards on average and pin the opposing team inside their own 20 a good amount of the time, it's a massive advantage. It's a war of attrition, as you like to say, Jake. So and that's a huge advantage, especially if you think you can, you know, compete like the Browns think they can. All right, Jake, you're up.
2: Yeah, there's there's some guys I'm I'm interested in here. Um you know, I think I think Dacoby Durant did a nice job at the combine. I'm not sure his age, Steve, but I thought he had a really nice combine corner spot. He's a little over. Okay. So Just yeah, a little. You're, you're talking about pick one ninety two and on. If you wanted to get real weird about the age guardrails, listen, man, I would have no issue taking Jelani uh uh Jelani Woods, who's listed at the wrong college here. But um to talk about a creative player in video games. That guy's a freak of nature. He actually ended up in Virginia. I'm gonna actually take Bellinger though. I like the fit of what his blocking profile looks like, with the athlete that he is that could develop into a bit more as a as a as a as a pass game part of things. But looking at him as like a fourth tight end, if they decide not to keep uh, fullback at all, if Stanton's out the door too, then uh, he makes sense to me at 192. He could go higher because he tested so damn well. So. Yeah, he, that could be, be a guy, a guy. the NFL. The NFL likes way more than we understand. Right. So.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I think they already know who he is. And yes, Mr. Pierce to recovery. Jacoby Durant is over. Uh, but as I talked about with uh, Bill Carroll and uh, uh, several times and we saw it again, uh, you watch that guy's tape, especially if you're talking about now, you're talking about this area of the draft, you know, 200 or or above. I and people are not going to believe it, that I'm the one who's going to say this. I would shatter that guardrail for a guy like Jacoby Durant or, you know, even a Marquise Bell. You know, I mean, these guys were they played extremely well uh, uh, all season and they they acquitted themselves well. And some of them were in the showcase bowls and then they did a great job at the combine. So Marquise Bell, Joshua Williams and Jacoby Durant are the three HBCU studs that I would personally love to see uh, on this team. Uh, all right, Corey, I think you're up with your last pick. I am. So looking at the guy I
1: wanted, just went off the pick right before, right before when I was about to pick, I would have loved Mark Juan McCall. Again, just getting a, a, a dude, a bowling ball to just plug in the A gap and just eat bodies. Uh, this has yeah. missed. Uh, so Mark Juan McCall would have fit the bill right there. One pick before, uh, I'm going to follow, <laughs> uh, what Jake just did too. And Bellinger's still on the board right here. Um, best player, give me the tight ends, give me the, give me the athletes. Um, overhaul those 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 skill positions.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely a uh, um a, a guy that I would not argue with as high as about the, you know, fourth or fifth round. I and he's I think he's that good. I think he's that good. I am up here mm-hmm. uh and I think I know what I'm going to do, but I want to take a quick look cuz somebody asked about quarterbacks. I don't know if let's see, are they here? Uh, EJ Perry is interesting to me. Uh Caleb Williams way too low, so we're not going to do that. Uh Skylar Thompson getting a lot of run uh, the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure that I, I, I don't see it. You know, I'm certainly not a quarterback expert. If if keel glass from Alabama AM was still on the board, I, I might go that way. He's 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 a hell of a good player. Uh, but I think what I am going to do here, this is the guy that when uh, the three of us did our things to watch out for. Uh, at the combine article last week. And we tried to pick one guy that was off the radar that might blow up the testing and demand TV time. And I said, Tyson Anderson from uh, Toledo. And he absolutely did that. I don't remember his exact numbers, but he absolutely torched the place. It was absolutely fantastic. So at a cornerback at this rate, he could play safety, he played a lot of safety. They moved him sort of into that um, almost like a JOK role at Notre Dame, sort of a safety hybrid linebacker role a lot at at, at, uh, Toledo too. Super fast, very twitchy, hits like a truck um and i think he could develop into something but at minimum again we're at pick 220 i think he's big strong and fast enough to be a special teams ace so i'm going to go ahead and take tyson anderson there uh from toledo is that it or do you have another pick left jake you i just have one more
2: left? i'll pick durant to be fast so we're out of here by eight thirty. it's it's a fine pick this late it's a dart throw and it just is it's fine that's the end of my draft so
0: i will Let's shoot that over to you yep yeah all right, yeah, we will. Uh, as always, we got to get rolling here because uh, some of us have things that we have to do. Uh, we, as always, we will screenshot all of these. Uh, uh, Corey, screenshot it, send it to me, DM, text, whatever. Uh, we will tweet them out, and you guys can tell us how stupid they all are. I have a good uh, feeling because I deliberately went with the uh, Davis at thirteen, and and it kind of tumbled down like that i'm gonna uh but uh that's gonna wrap it up for this week we'll be back again uh next tuesday with another dueling mock show uh coming up in half an hour the garage beers guys are here with jake christensen to talk about the coolest game on ice and some columbus blue jackets hockey and don't forget monday we're going to be tweeting about this uh uh, all week and, and Facebooking and all that kind of stuff. Watch our socials. The uh, the subathon 11 a.m. on Monday, the 14th, the first day of legal tampering, a minimum of three hours. And then we will add time as more subscriptions come in. To a maximum of an eight-hour broadcast for everything. Every move that the Browns make on the first day of legal tampering, we will have it for you here on the OBR. We hope to see all you guys there. Thanks to everyone that showed up tonight. Uh, thanks to the new followers. There was a bunch of those. I tried to shout out as many as I can. Thanks to the new sub- subscribers. I tried to shout out as many of those as I can. We love you guys. We couldn't do this if it wasn't for you. Thanks to Corey, the new guy here in the draft annex of the evil Lair. We appreciate you uh, um being here with us for the first time. You will be back many, many, many times between now and the draft. I guarantee it. Uh, as always, thanks to Jake for coming in here saying extremely smart things and making me look like I know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh Love you guys. We've got uh, tons and tons of stuff coming up from the draft annex here in the next 50, whatever one days, however long it is until the draft. Thanks to everybody for being here. Thanks for joining us. We will see you again tomorrow night with uh, Fred and Barry for uh OVR Weekly. And as always, we end our broadcast. Go Browns.
2: Go Browns.
1: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on.